0: As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the Antler Up podcast brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we have a fun show for you all today. what's up everybody welcome back to this week's episode of the antler up podcast we're on episode 198 and man i got a good one for you all today because on this week's episode i was joined by co-owner of exodus outdoor gear jake hofer so let's get straight to it everybody jake is an individual that just flat out puts in the time to be a better hunter Jake hosts the Exodus podcast where he has some of the deadliest deer hunters on week after week after week. So between hosting the podcast where he's able to have the chance to interview these guys, learning from them, but he also brings in his personal experience. And I wanted to have Jake on to talk about this time frame where it seems some hunters, me including in this bunch when I'm saying that some hunters over the years can overcomplicate things. In this discussion, though, we centered it around how to not overcomplicate it, enjoy it, put yourself in the best opportunity to have success. So we begin this episode by hearing Jake talk about really the information about a specific hunt and what really stands out about it. The lessons learned and the the good, the bad, the ugly with it. Then briefly, Jake shares... Really, what he's been up to at to this point of the season his plans for iowa that he's finally drew after having five points with it and then we get into the bread and butter of this discussion having success right now during november jake shares how past history with time on stand and trail cam data play a role in his strategic approach to hunting a specific spot following this we dive into how to not overcomplicate things our hunting right now we also talk about some traits he has taken from the guests he has spoken with on the exodus podcast and also some new fun things exodus has going on which i'll talk about here shortly so be sure to check jake out over on the exodus youtube channel as well as the podcast every week enjoy this fun episode everybody get out there time's clicking have fun enjoy it antler up Like I mentioned earlier, the Exodus crew is launching that brand new Exodus vault. It's a place to look into for significant savings on their website over at exodusoutdoorgear.com. But real quick, additional coupons cannot be used with it on the Exodus vault. But to show support for the podcast, just go ahead and put Antler Up podcast or AU, anything along those lines uh, that will just show support that you listened to it, you heard it from us it will mean a lot to me that you did that. So I appreciate that. And thank you so much for your support. Uh, Also, the Exodus Vault though with this is where you could get some of your favorite gear at a huge discount price. So the render, you got some extra arrows that were maybe overcut or someone didn't want or anything along those lines, as well as the memory card placeholder. You are getting these at a discounted price, but the Exodus render is a fan favorite. And once these are gone, they're gone. Something new will be coming out here in the future, which is kind of cool to know certain things are coming uh, about from Exodus, but you could save $95. You got great Plans as far as your data goes, you got great images, great video. You have the fine, you still have the five year warranty for theft and damage. Man, this thing is just straight up bulletproof and it stood the test of time. Just some new things are coming out, which is fantastic. Just always innovating, and that's what the guys over at Exodus really do. So, again, like I said, flexible data plans, great images, no glow, flash, awesome videos. Just get it out there, man. And to save 95 bucks, you're not going to get anything better than that over time. It's one of the best and is the best, in my opinion, uh, cameras, because like I mentioned last week, we had some other issues uh, since then with some of our older different brand trail cameras, cell cameras, and you know, these ones just haven't failed. Like I mentioned even earlier podcasts, my Exodus Trek, which they don't make anymore is still kicking and works better than most camera, other brand cameras that I've had for less amount of time. So check them out over at exodusoutdoorgear.com at the Exodus vault. Let's get into this episode with Jake. Enjoy, everybody. Best of luck to you. Antler up. Tether is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail tail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters, Ford the Saddle Hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the Antler Up podcast for America's Best Bow Use code ANTLERUP and you will save $10 off your order. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products. That saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code antlerup to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. Welcome back, everybody, to the show this week. I'm joined by an individual that I have a ton of respect for, Jake Hofer. Jake, finally, welcome to the show, man.
1: Thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm I've been looking forward to this since we set it up. So uh just thanks for having us having <laughs> me on.
0: Yeah, dude. I like I just said, we're just BSing for just briefly uh, so far, what a year it's been, we're recording this October twentieth, And you know, it's, it's a Friday, it's getting ready, things are, are in the thick of things. I, I listened to that latest podcast that that you guys just aired and how Byron messaged you the other day it was like, we're halfway over through October. <laughs> and I was listening to that. I was like, my gosh, Byron quit doing that, you know, <laughs> he's just spitting the truth, right? You know, it like, is, yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that, it does go by so fast. And that's something that I'm making a very conscious effort this year to just enjoy it. Don't let petty stuff bug you. And just, it goes by so fast. You have to enjoy it because then if you don't and you're kind of sour about it, or maybe something doesn't go how you planned or the buck you were chasing got hit by a car or something like that. It's okay. You're still alive. You're still above ground and just have fun. That's the whole point of this. Yeah.
0: I have to agree a hundred percent with you on that one, Jake. That was my goal and thought process mental game going into this year was just have fun again i have i bought almost i, I bought a full, a full slew of dough tags for pa if it's legal and I'm big enough i have an idea of like okay when i get this one i'm making this out of it if i get this one i'm making this out of it for for the family for myself and to enjoy my friends uh you know i'm bringing in some chip steaks already to some colleagues of mine, some frozen ones for them. I'm like, here, make it with this. And that, that was my goal was to enjoy it and, and really take it in. And so far, man, like I said, only a couple sits, but all, all have produced either in some form or fashion with either a a notch tag or seeing something. And uh, that's been really fun for me this year already.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. That's a, I've been out, I went out to Iowa the first weekend of October and, uh, passed a a really nice deer, like 135, 140 inch deer on my my first sit, my second sit. And I'm like, man, this is so cool. And it was, it was funny because cause it was the deer. I, I had no intention to shooting and I had my face mask on and I caught myself just smiling ear to ear, <laughs> underneath <laughs> my face mask. Man, this is so cool. It's so fun. <laughs> I felt like a weirdo, but I was like, I just caught myself doing that.
0: I know. It's so funny how you could catch yourself doing things like that. I mean, obviously for you, you drew that Iowa tag, which I do want to talk to you about. Um, and, and having that fun for me, my latest hunt with, with the success that I had was my first, uh, filming like action shot that I've killed a doe on film or a deer on film. And so that was like really cool. I, I kind of went into that night. I told my wife, I go, I'm gonna go kill a deer tonight. She goes, okay, like buck doe. I'm like, well, where I'm going, probably a doe. Like just knowing the area and everything like that. And I said, I'm gonna get it on film. She's like, okay. And it got to like six ten. And you know, uh I hit the my Insta 360 camera on and made sure that was running this time because my second deer, I hit it, but it wasn't running. I turned it on. I just didn't hit record. And I'm 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 filming her then also with with my extra, my normal camera, Sony camera. And for 20 minutes goes by, I get the shot off, and I'm like, I hope it's on there. Like, I don't know. We'll see we'll see. And and it's funny because then when I turned it over, you just see you could see in my face mask too, like my my cheeks poking out. You know, I'm smiling. I'm like, let's go. I finally did it. Like for three, three and a half years in the making, because I've either just said, screw it in a hunt, like I'm filming. And instead of moving the camera on actually the deer, I just go in full kill mode and take the shot. Right. So I've done that before I've done the whole, I'm done bringing it to the hunt, like in the tree with me. (laughs) And finally I just needed to commit to it. And I did. So that was a goal of mine. I did it. Uh, I I would plan on trying to continue to do it. Uh, I could see why people love it and I could see why people hate it and uh, just go out there and enjoy it. And, And again, what we were just saying, just get out there and enjoy your time and whatever that looks like to you do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have the utmost respect for anyone that films their hunts and, and gets the kill on film. I mean, that's it. I think, and I've said this before, but people in the comments always rag like, Oh, you, you mess. why didn't you get the shot in frame or man, yeah. you, you messed that up. And it's like, man, you don't, you, if you've never done it, you don't understand how challenging it is because now you have to get your bow ready. You got to yeah. get your release on the D loop and then you have to get it in frame. Now you have to anticipate where it's going and then you have to draw it back without getting busted. And then you, oh, is it running? It's just, It's already complex to get to your (laughs) anchor point and squeeze the trigger. That's hard to begin with with the bow. Yep. Throwing a camera, oh my gosh, uh, utmost respect for anyone that does that.
0: (laughs) I agree with you on that one, Jake. Well, dude, to kick things off, I want you to think back to either a season, a specific hunt that really just stands out to you, man, where, like, whether it be a success or a failure hunt, um, you know, what is a big takeaway to that? Like, I want, again, think back to either a season, a specific hunt, what 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 comes to mind?
1: Man, there's a lot of a lot of thoughts that come back come through here. I mean, <laughs> one and, and this might be something for people to consider. So there was a deer um, that I found out about that was really really big and uh, it was really far from where I could hunt. And this is kind of a, a almost a, a two year saga. And I just told my dad, I said, "Would you be would you crap your pants if this deer showed up?" And he did, he did. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And it it was one of those weird. It was a, a, a cell camera on a field edge pointed out and there's a scrape in the corner of the frame. And I just got this giant deer. It's a mid, you know, midnight, November 11th or something. And my dad's like, I bet you it's that deer. And he's very optimistic, probably to a fault. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I had a lift two on that scrape as well. And sure enough, it was this giant, giant deer way far from where I knew he lived. And so long story short, he was in there for a brief amount of time and then all the annual data. I know it's almost firsthand knowledge now, but even two or three years ago, people kind of looked at you like you're trying to read a palm or something like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. And so I had that in mind and that was like the, he was in there for the like 11, 12, 13th, let's say just for, I don't have the dates right in front of me. The following year, he wasn't in there on that scrape on the 11, 12 to 13th. And I'm thinking, oh crap, you know, maybe you know, it wasn't down to the date and he could have been in the area, but obviously we didn't get a picture of him. Then I ended up getting a picture of the darn thing and it was shotgun season in Illinois. And so I go to a stand that I had pre hung for this specific deer for this exact situation. And it was near the fence line of where I, where you could hunt, and where you couldn't hunt. And sure enough, about 10 o'clock, I see a doe coming. And then everyone, during this time of year, this was like November 19th, and I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't it be cool if that deer <laughs> was following that doe? And sure enough, he was. And this deer will probably be the biggest deer I've ever had an opportunity at. And mind you, I have a shotgun in my hand. Mm-hmm. He is 100 yards away, uh, drinking water. And I didn't shoot him because he was on the neighbors. Oh. And everyone's going to have this moral dilemma at some point in their hunting career. And I had this, it was a seven minute encounter. I had this internal debate. Do you do it? Do you not do it? I mean, it's a 200 inch deer. Do you? And so I'm just going back and forth, back and forth. Oh man. You know? And then it's like, and I just literally set my gun down. I said, I cannot do this because every time I look at this deer, I'll have to lie. I'll have to come up with a bullcrap story. I will feel like a failure. I'll feel like I cheated myself. And, uh, everyone's going to have that dilemma at some point, And I encourage everyone to make the right choice to where you can sleep at night. And uh, long story short, never had another opportunity that deer and he got shot the following year <laughs> during opening day of archery season. So do, yeah. It doesn't have a great ending, but I think that's, that's important because as this goes live on November 8th, you're going to probably have a quick decision that you have to make and always make the right decision. And, uh, you'll just, it's just the right thing to do. It's easy to get caught, get caught up in the moment, but that was probably, I don't know if you pulled a hundred people that were in that same exact position. I don't know how many people, you know, I don't know if it's a 50 50 split. I don't know if it's 70 30, but that was really hard to do. Yeah. And it was, it, it was an incredible encounter.
0: too. Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from Exodus outdoor gear. They Have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. You have two arrows to choose from one being the MMT arrow, which is a 246 diameter shaft, and the new NIS, which is a 204 diameter shaft arrow. Use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Wow. Man, just make the right decision. It's you know like you said it's don't lose sleep over it. Like don't make yourself like you said Jake, you don't want to make yourself feel bad and and yeah. lie and do all that stuff. Like you have a moral compass and you know, yep. go with it.
1: And that you know in the, so it was this unreal cuz you watch I watched him make a rub like fresh in a scrape. And then the dose went off and he stood there for a while longer. And then he went and bedded an area and I'm like, okay, I'm on a food source right now. Hopefully he gets up and comes to the field. And then I, you know, get the opportunity to do it. That never happened. Never. It's just one of those deals where it, uh, you know, I don't know, hopefully the dear gods reward me someday. And I'm not expecting that by any means, but yeah. it was the right thing to do, but gosh, dang it. It was hard.
0: Yeah. I, I bet, man. Well, you know, you were just talked about earlier he, the first week in October and you were in Iowa, you know, how, what is new with you? How has the season, you know, been thus far? Like what's your approach to this year? You know, I, you know, I, that's the thing the beauty of the podcast world. We, you get a chance to talk to a bunch of different people, but if you're not on with like Chad or cam or somebody, we don't get a chance really to hear what, what Jake's up to. So man, like what's, yeah. what's been on the docket for you or, or what hunts are you about to embark on too?
1: Yeah. So, uh, drew that Iowa tag, really excited about it. And, uh, I went out to Iowa about three times this past summer and, um, I'm hunting with a friend, Steve Hansen. And so he bought a farm and he's been gracious enough to invite me to come out and hunt there. And so it was it was pretty cool. He bought that farm in the spring. And the second time he ever walked it was with, I was with him and we were hanging cameras, like dropping all the different pins, like this should be a good spot. This should be a good spot. Uh, what about putting food here? And so it was fun to be part of that initial process. And then, um, you know, it's October 20th right now. I'm going out there next week. For grape week which i'm Mm -hmm. obviously a big fan of and uh, i'm really excited about it so that's the biggest thing and then here in illinois i've done a i've done a lot of off-season work as well so um where i live um have a farm here and so i did a ton of work planted like 2,000 trees uh planted some more season grasses and um bought a tractor earlier this year drilled in all my food plots i know this is more pennsylvania centric but this is how we do it in the midwest Yeah, yeah and uh I hunted, I hunted out there with the intent to shoot a doe. And then I ended up seeing there's four bucks, none of them that I would probably shoot, but I got to see all four bucks on my farm doing what I was hoping they would do. And to me, that was really rewarding. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's one of those deals where someone would be like, man, there's nothing to hear, huh? But it was just cool to see, okay, this is year one of all these major projects. What's it going to be like in three or four years? So that was really fun. And then, uh, I'm chasing a specific deer right now, and he is also very, very, very random, and uh, I hunted last night for him, and no show, and last picture is October 11th, and so I'm almost looking forward to the change of scenery in Iowa just to force a hard reset, right. and a little bit more relaxing in a lot of ways, and uh, so that's kind of my my season to this point. I've deployed a lot of cameras, uh, you know, (laughs) hard to imagine that, (laughs) um, no, man, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's only October 20th and I'm just, I'm making a conscious effort to relish the season as much as possible, no matter what.
0: Right. So here's a, here's a question that, that I have even more on a personal level with it, because I'm experiencing that same thing. How, like, how do you, come up with some type of game plan when you got a buck that you're after that is just damn near so random you know what i mean like like yeah. for for my example in a nutshell think of uh a, a north facing you know ridge system mountain and mm-hmm. this deer just makes a oval you know up the up and down up and down and, and he stays mm-hmm. close you know obviously he probably does travel to other spots but constantly you you pick uh I, I heard Steve Shirk and, you know, a good friend of both of ours talk about how he deploys certain cameras. I mean, in strategic places throughout that mountain, he has been on every single one, but it's like, there's no rhyme or reason. Right. And yeah. I mean, I I shared the picture with you and you know, for mm-hmm. some people that I could look at it and be like, Oh, you just need to get in there. It's like, it's, it's not that easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, what, what are you or, or what have you learned to maybe try to do to up your odds when you got that buck that is just totally random?
1: Yeah, it's so. Um, this was actually the first one I ever bought, and uh, there was a couple cameras on there, actually when I closed on it. And so, of course, I I grabbed the cards and looked at them all, mm-hmm. and uh, returned the cameras to the to the guy that had them. And there was he was a I assume a three year old then, and this camera they put it up November nineteenth or something, and so he was on there shortly after. So I didn't have any of that October data. So then going into the first year that I owned it, he was four. spent a little bit more time on the farm in the summer and then early October a little bit and then just like a little bit less around right about now like the let's say the 12th to the 17th and then he was gone and now I didn't have a ton of cameras on this farm but the deer was the deer was random (laughs) so (laughs) then going in the next year okay so I have some of this data and then it's kind of the same deal where you know there's a crop rotation and, and this piece is uh, basically all timber, same situation, early, late, very few summer pictures, very few late September, a little bit of early October, and then disappears and shows up again late season. So the, people are going to probably get, I actually brought in a dozer, put in a food plot, did yep. everything I possibly could on the side where he'd tend to spend more time. And uh, actually the last daylight picture I got of him was in the morning when I was in Iowa. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so now I haven't had a picture of him since the 11th. And, uh, I, I've kind of put out some feelers and I know that he was during most season, a mile away from where I was at. And then I got a picture of him. So I got him on camera on Wednesday in December and then he was a mile away (laughs) two days later. And then he was back two days after, you know, someone saw him. So he is just truly a random deer, which is really frustrating. And I wish there's guys out there that I'm sure could kill this deer and figure it out, and just have a knack for it, I'm not one of those guys, I'm a very average deer hunter, so this should be very relatable to most people, and uh, so my current plan is, I just stacked on as much food as I could, I actually put in a different road for better access on a different plot, and I went through this weekend, and made a whole folder, and updated it, Nice. and there's probably going to be a very short window in November, like the 12th, or the 13th, when he'll be in there, seems like he's on a doe around then, and then late season is kind of where it seems like he's at, so I don't know. And you hear about the guys. I listened to Mark Jury on Mark Kenyon's podcast here recently. He talked mm-hmm. about six year olds being the hardest to kill when they were six that matches up because he was the most infrequent last year. So he's seven this year. And I'm hoping that his range shrinks towards me, but there's a really good chance. His range is going to shrink where he spends more time too. So it's yeah. just, you, you don't know. So my plan is to monitor cameras, hunt it, try to get eyeballs on them, not over hunt it. And that's the balance too. Everyone's like, you got to be in there. But what happens when you get busted by the does and the does are like, eh, I don't really want to eat here in the daylight anymore. Yeah. Or I don't want to, you know, bed in this area anymore. Cause I've, you know, I've been, I've experienced pressure. Right. So that balance is really challenging. And right now I don't think he's on me. And if, if we get a picture of him, then that'll change. But it's tough, man. It's it like is. people, people make looking, some people make killing deer seem very simple and it's not right. <laughs> yeah. That I told my wife last night, and I was like, I don't think I'm probably going to kill him. I just want to see the darn thing so yeah. I can figure out, yeah. you know, one little piece of information that may help me. But yeah, I mean, um, Mark Luster, he, uh, he posts a lot on Facebook and it, there is a saying he, he shares that really rings true is they have to be right. Every time you just have to be right once. Yeah. I like And that. I, I, that's a really good mantra for whitetails because it is right. They are going to win and they are uh, masters of staying alive and evading death. Hmm. But you just gotta be right once.
0: Yeah, I like that. So, Jake, with obviously the best time of the year coming up for some people, I, I you know, I, I know some people are like, I hate the rut and I, I can't stand it and, and all that stuff, you know. But over the years, man, you've had a really good a bit of success in that November time frame. So, you know, what do you what contributes to that consistent factor of success?
1: Man, I would say November third to the tenth or that those are my favorite favorite, seven favorite days of the season. And uh, I've killed a lot of deer on November 3rd and November 10th. So, um, you know, I think it's just a, it's a fun time to be out number one. And, uh, I, I get that. I think for the guys who are really refined deer hunters, I understand why they love late October. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not there. So give me the rut. <laughs> I would say, I would say some of the biggest things is just understanding. Okay. These are, uh, it's, I mean, this is how dumb it is mornings i'm hunting bedding areas evenings i'm hunting food areas that's it and so like there was a time where i'd do a lot of all day sits and then you realize man i just wasted an evening and mm-hmm. it, it, maybe it was good to 3 or 4 o'clock but if there's no food nearby then that's where you need to be so that's something that's really key and the other thing too is a lot of the deer that are showing up right now october late october those are probably going to be the deer that you're hunting during this time frame of uh, you know, November 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, that that's what I've noticed over the years. So right now is critical for getting good camera information. And it really boils down to that and just being persistent mm-hmm. and, and logging hours. But I mean, I have this battle all the time too. It's you have to log hours, but you also have to think, am I even remotely in the game or am I wasting time? And there's times I'm wasting time. I feel like, Yeah. but when I really, there'll be a stretch in there where it's like, am I wasting time or am I actually in the game? And when I really refocus, okay, I need to get in the game, and usually something happens not far after, but I think it's, it's just an exciting time of year to be in the the right place at the right time. I mean, yeah. That's what that's what it comes down to for sure.
0: If you're in the market for finding a new trail camera, I highly encourage you to look no further than Exodus. Exodus has two main options to choose from as far as cameras go, a budget-friendly option that doesn't compromise quality. The Exodus Rival is the camera for you. Simplicity meets functionality in this easy-to-use, feature-rich cell camera. The Rival offers crystal-clear, photo-quality, easy setup and use, with complete remote management through the app anywhere in the world two already are set up in northeastern pa for me and they're working flawlessly and if you're looking for an all-encompassing cell camera seriously look no further than the render it's their flagship camera it stood the test of time for thousands of hunters across the country i have one deployed here locally where i live and another one i'm saving for back at northeastern pa again zero issues and i'll tell you what Exodus stands by their five-year warranty for accidents or for theft. Top of the line customer service. So see for yourself why so many made the switch to Exodus and experience the Exodus difference. Use code AU to get 15% off your first camera today. The one aspect that I, like you just said, that is difficult because you, you do play mind tricks with yourself. Like am I not even in it? What I've noticed for my hunting over the last couple of years, if, if my morning spot where I'm at, back at home in Northeast PA is not on fire, I know I'm not in it. You have to be in there. And I think what I've learned is if I'm not in it early in the mid morning, I'm going to get down, maybe try to find scout, slowly find where I think I could be in a good opportunity for that evening. Like you said, a food source, um, where, where deer have traveled through that mountain and, uh, you know, obviously things change a little bit, you know, they blow downs, all that type of stuff and learning and, and gaining that data, that past history and uh, what maybe that up that year is specifically doing. That's helped me kind of be a little bit more in the game and mentally be like, okay, you're still in it, dude.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's typically an East wind during this eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 in November. There's almost been one every single year uh, that I've been paying attention to. And, the morning with an east wind i've always just had exceptional hunts i mean and so i i think if they're usually that's correlated with the front obviously and i've just shot a lot of deer on east winds during this time period and i don't know exactly where that is but anyone that's listening they see an east wind coming up the next day or two uh, like go and that's the other thing too most people don't ever set up a stand for an east wind right but i'm uh, some of the farms i hunt is ironically hunt better on an east wind so it kind of works out but having a a spot in the back of your mind for an East wind where you're like, man, I can't really hunt it unless it's an East wind, which maybe that's some of the magic too. Cause you're not in there at all. You're not just going to go do a burner hunt or like, I'm just going to go in there. It's a West wind and it's a so, so day. I think that's also a big part of it as well. So uh, an East wind during this time period is you gotta be go, go to the, go to the spot that's been in the back of your mind.
0: Yeah. So during this time frame too, Jake, i like you, I love scrapes. How, do you pay any attention or how, or how do scrapes play into your strategy when it comes to hunting this time frame?
1: Yeah, you know, there's people and um, the data I'm sure, like the science shows that the scrape activity dwindles. Mm-hmm. But if you know the right scrape or this, it's a scrape right outside the doe bedding. I've had giant deer, giant deer, some of my biggest deer I've ever had on camera ever out of the blah blah cameras I run. The like the ninth, tenth, and eleventh, I've usually have a giant on a scrape somewhere it might not always be daylight sometimes it is and i think it's this when they're looking for the next dose so i think that really really hot scrape during let's say so someone listening to this now okay what well, was really really hot late october mm-hmm. and if there's still somewhat activity there it could be i wouldn't overlook it now i wouldn't just set up on a random scrape on a field edge no but associating it with doe bedding it'll be good last year i messed up on a deer and uh it was, it was when it was a hot stretch here and people were like, man, I'm not seeing anything. There was a hot dough in the area. I mean, this comes down to that. And I was mm-hmm. in the thick of it. And I, there was a, a really wide deer that was like 60 yards away, couldn't get a shot. And uh, he met up with the doe that evening. And then I'm like, okay, so we, all right, start the clock here, 48 hours. And sure enough, I relocated to a different part in a morning uh, in a more morning stand and Sure enough, I see them go back to bed and this is 48 hours later, like to the T of what, why, man, some of this stuff actually works. So then they go to bed and then about 11 o'clock here, he comes by himself, hits a scrape. And it was a situation where I, I kind of got caught in my pants down. I'm like, didn't, ex- didn't expect it to work. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came in fast. And then, you know, this is one of those deals. So I think, um, you know, like I seen him just get off a dough and then go work a scrape immediately afterwards. So it's, you know, that's with my
0: own eyeballs. Yeah. I like to, during that time frame. I think back to one, which scrapes are usually like you said on fire, but then also which ones have, have does really hammered on. I make sure I have that marked because that's where a Bucky, either that late October, early November timeframe where he could be looking to see like, okay, who's in the area. And that's one aspect that I've really tried to key in on as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's something that with cell cameras, people are only saving the buck pictures. But right. I, at the end of the year, I take my SD card from my cell camera and I put it in a file. And then for every time frame of like, okay, I'm going to go hunt this farm tonight. And I go through there, I open up my folder and I click all through there what does were hitting it, what bucks were hitting it, when. And I think that's really, really important to your point of understanding when were the does revisiting some of those scrapes. And you're going to lose because with standard cameras, a lot of people just did that out of nature, but with cell cameras, people are missing that step in my yeah. mind. And so it's really, really important to, to do that. And, uh, you'll get those key little insights that may just give you a little bit more advantage.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. So this is that crazy time, man. where deer running wild. We're there, We are as hunters are either in it or we're not, and we're trying to find it, you know, how, how can we, not overcomplicate things man (laughs) and like avoid avoid that unhealthy trait of just overcomplicating things when it comes to one hunting whitetail but two specifically hunting that whitetail rut
1: yeah i mean i used so this is a debate it's like man when i was a i still had opportunities during this time frame i had no clue what i was doing Yep. and so sometimes i go back to okay you don't have to overcomplicate everything just go back to the basics. Now is the time when the basics work and you don't have to have the pins on the wall going every single direction. It can help maybe, but don't let don't don't over-paralyze yourself with thinking too much. It's it's very simple. Think of all the guys that um like the t- the typical rut hunter that probably didn't grab their bow until late October mm-hmm. and then they go out and they shoot a slob. They're not overthinking it at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not you <know>? at all. <laughs> and they're getting opportunities. And then you have the guy that's thinking, you know, this wind, this pressure, you know, he was only here on a blah, blah wind with these temperatures. Dude, just, just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. And if you, if, and another thing too, is you have to follow your gut. You're, it's the same thing of, if you follow your gut's first reaction, it's probably going to be right. If you're this crazy about whitetails, the knowledge is in your brain, let it release and just follow your gut period point blank because when you start second guessing yourself or overthinking things or thinking well there's a 0.1 chance that he might be here because of this 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 follow your gut go to the highest odds location and go figure it out and if it doesn't work and you're not having fun or you know you don't have the gut feeling anymore go somewhere else because guess what you're gonna blink and the best time of the year is going to pass you and you're gonna be like Man, I should have because there's a there's a clock there's a clock man there's seriously a clock when November 10th hits or 11th hits and I have a nosh buck tag, I'm thinking, oh boy, Mm -hmm. this is only going to get harder here for a bit for the rest of the season. Period. So I think that's is really important. Don't waste any sits. Be strategic, and uh, I mean that's that's what it comes down to. And I do think timing. I think timing, weather makes a pretty big impact because last year during there was a warm stretch during the historical best days, there was still good camera activity. People still killed big deer, obviously. And I was still hunting during those periods, Mm -hmm. but it was a light switch when that cold front rolled in November 12th last year. I mean, it's boom, run activity, vocalization, you know, pick, pick a tree and park in there and you should be all right. And I think the other thing too is for someone that just wants to shoot their first good buck, whatever that is to you, go where there is the most good bucks and set up. <laughs> like it's really yeah. that simple. I mean, it's that, it could be that easy. It could be hard, but it could be that simple.
0: Right. So we're just, we just talked about that unhealthy trade of, of overcomplicated things and Jake, man, you've had the great pleasure of not only working with great hunters, but also interviewing them and picking things up. And, you know, over these last couple of years, what are some of those things that you've learned that maybe? that you really implemented like within mm-hmm. into your hunting style um, or you think that can help people that maybe you're like, you know what, because of my style of hunting, you know, mm-hmm. I know that's a, yeah. that's a tough one just because like I said, you have the great pleasure of working with some people oh and, and then also interviewing mm-hmm. these guys that are just incredible hunters and, you know, mm-hmm. any, anything that you think comes to mind, even if it's like a mindset or anything like that.
1: I think um, one mindset thing is let's say you mess up okay, you messed up and you didn't get the shot off or you missed or you got busted, buckle up the bootstraps, work a little bit harder and think, okay, I had to work this hard to get one opportunity. I just have to do that again to get another one. And so that's something that I think is really important. And and there's so many good hunters with so many different skill sets with so many different things. And sometimes I think it, it limits you because you have on the Exodus podcast, you have one guy that's very strategic, you know, uh, be aggressive, but be very calculated. And then you talk to the next guy that also is very successful, just go in there with a machete and get it done. Yeah. And uh, you know, so it's, it's that balance. And I think you have to understand who you are as a hunter. What are your skill sets? What, no matter where you hunt in the country, what are your realistic expectations? You cannot compare yourself to someone that has more opportunity, whether it is time money or, or anything else or access. Like if you have, I'm uh, like, I can only hunt this farm. Well, number one, maybe go find some other spots, but be strategic. So I think that's just be very, Mm -hmm. very, very realistic, maybe to almost a pain of like, I'm not as good as I think. So I need to just do what I can like run your race. That is, that is what the rut is. Run your race. If you're, you know, your goals are set on a certain type buck and you want to shoot them, shoot them. If you're, you know, trying to get better. I think that's another thing too. Like the last couple of years I've been, passing deer that I typically would not have passed. Sometimes it's a little painful, but how I look at it is it's like forced growth. You have to be uncomfortable to get better. And so I think that's, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And and then maybe that's the setup you're in, or maybe that's passing deer that you haven't done so either. Cause you have to bust through, you know, whatever that next level is to yourself. So that's just something that I've picked up. And then, I mean like that from a tactic standpoint, I think uh, a couple different things, a lot of the really good hunters that are not great archers 20 yards, 25 yards, set up for that in mind. Don't set up for the maybe 35, 38 yard, 40 yard shot. I've had multiple people already text me, hey, I I made a bad shot, I missed. And it's like my first question every time, how far was it? Yeah. Uh, 50, uh, 61, uh, 45. It's like, you you know, so that's another thing too.
0: Yeah. To build on that one specifically, you know, last, uh, when I just shot that doe and she was 44 yards feeding away from me is where I picked her up at. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm ranging her at 44 yards. I couldn't, ne- like, I'm confident. Like I could shoot out to a hundred yards and a and, uh, 3d target and have fun with my buddies and feel mm-hmm. extremely co- confident doing that. But I'm watching that. And I'm like, Holy cow. I would have to try to sneak it through this, 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 and this. Like I'm not Levi Morgan. You know what I mean? Like right. I, yeah. I, I can't do that. Um, and when she finally came in, like it, it ended up being a, on the dot, like 29.8 um, mm-hmm. and I, I had a good, clean shot, all, all that stuff. And it's funny looking back on the video. I mean, I, she drops within 10 seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I heard her crash. Uh, she had the big donkey kick, all that stuff. In the moment, in my brain, and I'm like, oh, man, that's a great shot. When I watched it go back just to look to make sure I knew, like, where to kind of pick up the blood trail. But long story short, when I looked back at the video, I'm like, dang, she actually had another, she took a step. Like, so she moved, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like in my brain when though, ranged, when yeah, I ranged all that stuff, or I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I did not in, take that into consideration. So the shot was still a, a lung hit and exited out towards like the liver. Um Again, she died within seconds, which was great. But at the same time, I was like, man, that's how inches it mm-hmm. is. So, and I'm, I have a hard time stopping deer. Uh, with my mental shot process, everything that I've got going on to add like or uh, some type of noise, and to be honest with you, Jake, every time I've done that, they go I, like there's no stopping. Oh, they, they they are gone. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just so. Uh, I don't have good experience with stopping. So I, I kind of hope they are stopped and I try to obviously do my best to take those lethal shots. And so far, man, the three for three deer have been killed with under 35 seconds, right? Like a combined
1: huge confidence builder. Team. Yeah.
0: Huge, extremely. But you said 25 and in or 30 and in, I'm confident if it's a little bit more wide open, like when I hunted Maryland and all that type of stuff, like I probably would say a 35, 40 could be stretching it, but not past that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. And anytime I've messed up, it's usually over 30 and yeah. I've never shot at a deer over, over 40. It's like that 35, 36, 37. And, and to your point, by the time you draw back, like the deer's probably still walking and, and the margin of error just gets
0: bigger and uh, bigger.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm all for shooting at 50 yards every day at your target. And so when 20 comes along, it feels like a chip shot Yep. and, uh, that's, but yeah, I think that's just really important because during the rut like things happen fast and we as humans see things that we thought we saw that didn't really happen or all these different things and it's like just try to get him in your lap a lot easier said than done but don't force it and especially during this time period too he may come by at 50 and let's say you took that kind of marginal crappy shot he could be back in there in 10 minutes at 20 yards yeah i mean i've, I've had that happen on a deer i shot a, a couple years ago he was 40 just standing there standing there's like, I'm not going to shoot him. And he came back 15 minutes later at 25. And it's like, well, there, there you go. Yeah. Um, doesn't always happen that way, but I don't know. It's just, but for the guy like John Dudley, the dude's a professional archer. I'm sure he can effectively shoot yeah. very, very far. I am not a professional archer by any <laughs> exactly. stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I know that.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. So here's, here's uh, I love the fact too, that you said like going with your gut during that time frame. it's huge. You know, now with, with uh, Iowa coming up, you know what's how excited are you, man? Because that is obviously a coveted tag that a lot of people can't wait to do. Like I myself cannot wait to do in a year or two. Mm-hmm. What's your expectations for for this? And like you said, you already passed up on a good deer. You know, obviously you you do have some type of expectation going into this hunt.
1: Uh, ride the wave, man. Like that's that's more in my head. That I don't have a specific. I want to shoot a mature deer. I mean, that's the the biggest goal for sure. Mm-hmm. And just ride the wave because it's you know, it's it took me five points to draw this tag and that's a long time. And I'm looking, okay, I'm, I'm 29. Now it'll probably be a six point tag by the time I draw it next time. So I'm gonna be, you know, 35, dude, that's a long time. Just enjoy yeah. it. Just enjoy it. And, uh, that's, that's what my expectations are to have fun and just go out and experience the whitetail rut. And if I kill one late October, that's, that's awesome and fine. And if it, if I, if I grind it out to the end of November and that last portion of the rut, I'm completely fine with that too. I, I, you know, that's, that's, that's my expectations and you know, they may evolve and change throughout the year. I think that's another important thing, but as of right now, it's to shoot a, a mature deer and shoot him at 20 yards and smoke them, watch him pile up and, and relish the moment. And it'll be ingrained in my brain forever. And that's, yeah. that's what I want.
0: The power of, of patience is going to be virtue there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, fine. that's yeah. fine. Cause I, I, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to expect because I know there'll be times where it's like, man, where are the deer at? I thought this was Iowa, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it's, there's also probably someone at that same point hunting in Florida mm-hmm. or Georgia, or, you know, where there's no opportunity for the deer that you may see there. So it's like, you have to have the perspective or maybe there's someone out there that got in a car crash and they wish they could hunt so bad. They didn't even care where they went or what they, it's all about perspective. Like you have to realize how lucky you really are and don't have the comparison is a thief of joy. If you are going to get upset by other people's success, then don't log on to on the internet right. or, or, but like there is enough for everyone for success, like someone else's success, is not going to take away your enjoyment. It right. should elevate it. So right. I think that's just the that's just the thing there. So if yeah, that's rambling a little bit, but just go out there and have fun. As simple as that is. I know there's gonna be hard things, but guess what? Most hard things uh, can produce a great reward. So I'm I'm just fine with it being challenging because it's gonna make it that much sweeter.
0: Heck yeah! Are you focusing on like a specific terrain feature, like a funnel, pinch point, or anything like that?
1: Yeah. So this farm that I'm primarily hunting. It's, it's a lot of CRP, and there's a couple. It just looks like an Iowa rut farm to a T. I mean, it's got a couple north-south ditches on the farm. It's got some washouts in the creek where you can cheat the wind and, and anticipate deer movement. Uh, hung some stands there the last time I, heard, uh, you know, more of a rut time frame, and so there's a little bit of food. There's a lot of grass, a lot of cover, and then just some bomber, bomber rut. <laughs> <laughs> that, this is gonna be sweet to stack up in and and see what unfolds. So that's those are the biggest things, but I mean. The uh, I think for in general, on the rut, it's just getting on those where those does are stacking up in there. Yeah. And you know, if you've been out on wherever you're hunting enough, you kind of have an idea where those are, and uh, that's that's where you want to be. And it's like, don't overcomplicate it, it yep. can be that simple, yeah. It can, it really can be.
0: Yep, I like it, dude. So, kind of before we wrap things up, Jake, you know, obviously. I've been using the Exodus arrows from the MMTs during 3D season. To once the NIS got released, I've been using those for hunting. Three for three, man. Like we were saying earlier, obviously uh, the MMTs are are more durable as far as like just just the makeshift and of how they are constructed and everything compared to the NIS. But dude, I gotta tell you, I'm three for three uh, straight pass throughs. They are still good to go. They're they could still be in my quiver to shoot. Um, uh-huh. all I got to do is just clean them off and, and let them continue to rip. I'm thrilled with that. Obviously the, uh, the rival came out what a year and a half ago now is no,
1: January, January this year now. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's yeah.
0: about a year now with that and been running those and, 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 obviously the render and man, my, my trek is still trekking along. Um, well, you know, so some great things, you know, you, you, as a company, Exodus is continuing to elevate and promote great things, uh, for, for us as hunters, but man, some really cool things are developing for, for you guys, you know, obviously now with the vault, I guess, talk a little bit about that, what your, the goal is for that. And, you know, anything else that you could share, uh, with what's happening with Exodus.
1: Yeah. I uh, greatly appreciate that. And yeah, you know, the rival launched, uh, in January, third week of January, I think this year, and that's been a, I love that camera. It's been extremely mm-hmm. reliable and even testing it last year, I was like, man, this is, people are going to love this thing. And, uh, and that, that that came to be true. So that was fun. And uh, the vault. So we just launched that here actually today publicly. And what that essentially is um, it's a place for like, you can go on there right now on uh, if we have pre-built overstock arrows, you can order those and get them to your door. Pretty significant savings. The render an awesome camera. It's been around the block here for a long time. A lot of people trust that camera and, you can actually scoop that up now for uh, significant savings as well. Still the same five-year warranty, all the different things there. So you can just kind of periodically check that out and see what we have in the vault, and you know whether it's limited-run products or we have uh, you know something that we're going to phase out to make room for new and exciting products. But it's, I mean, it's a really good place to save some serious coin when people are frantic and you got a picture of the buck that you're like, oh man, I wish I could have another camera over here now go to the vault, scoop one up. And uh, it's uh, a, a great opportunity to save some coin because I, I get it. Hunting is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you draw the line? <laughs> and so anytime you can save a few bucks is good.
0: No, man, that's awesome. Well, I just want to just say, continue to, to do what you guys are doing. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Now, Jake, here's here's a couple of things that listeners wanted me to ask you. They're quick ones. They're easy ones. Okay. Are, you like still, are you still shooting that prime?
1: I am, yeah. <laughs> i am yeah i uh, i have a nexus that's what i'm rolling with this year. Oh, okay Dude, so have,
0: you, you do yeah. you have upgraded to from that yeah. what'd you have the ct the, or
1: this the synergy i bought the it synergy. in 2017 it's i i'm gonna bring it out to iowa as a backup and i i just love that bow uh, shot a lot of deer with it and but i did upgrade to the nexus and i like that a lot but the uh, i know some people sell their old bows and it's like man i just can't let go of the memories, and yeah. it's nice to have a backup. <laughs> so yeah, I hear I you. Have, I have I, it set up and ready to go.
0: That's, that's awesome. And then another one. Um, you know, at what point over like the next month or two do you do all day sits?
1: Um, it's gonna be around. Well, it depends what you what you define an all day sit. All day sit in the same tree. Probably gonna be that seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Um, would be like those when I'm really vlogging a lot of hours in terms of morning, evening, and maybe uh, my break is transitioning to a different place. Uh here pretty soon. <laughs> you're, <laughs> very soon. <laughs> yeah, you're very soon. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for that.
0: Nice. All right. So obviously you said the third and the 10th are your favorite days this year. What do you think?
1: Uh, I don't know Iowa, but uh, dude, the third, the third and the 10th is just magical. The 10th in the morning if yeah. I could bottle that up and live that almost every single day, give me that day, that morning. It, I just love, 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 love November 10th. It's just so much fun. And, uh, November 3rd is fun because it's kind of the tail end of scrape week. Mm-hmm. And if you have a deer that's kind of showing up during that time frame and you squeeze in there, you're probably going to see him, maybe have an opportunity. So I just love those dates for whatever reason. And, uh, Those are only two days you're going to get out of 365, so go enjoy them and have fun. Yeah,
0: I'm with you on that. Okay, so in those all-day sits, what is that snack of choice in in your backpack?
1: Uh, I like grapes. I bring a Ziploc bag of grapes. I like those, a little bit of hydration, and uh, you know you can eat them slow. It is one by one. Uh, I'm an Uncrustable guy. I'll bring those out, and I honestly like the Sitka Fanny Pack and then the Muff. That's all I bring out there. I'll bring a bottle of water, maybe two, and uh, maybe some almonds and some grapes and some uncrustables. Those are my go-tos. I like
0: it. A little healthy. I, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's yeah. good. That's good.
1: Yeah, a little sustained energy. That's yep. the goal. Yeah,
0: I like that, Jake. Man, I, I just want to say again, thanks for coming on thanks for sharing some wisdom. It's a fun conversation. I always enjoy when you and I have a chance to talk on the phone or even through text message. Um, so I just want to say thanks again. Obviously where could people follow along with the Exodus uh, podcast and check out things, uh, as far as cameras, arrows and everything else.
1: Yeah. So everything you can go to exodusoutdoorgear.com, check out everything we have to offer there. We have a YouTube channel where we crank out a lot of really great stuff um, anyone listening to this now, you can go back and watch some of the whitetail cribs episodes Oh yeah, and that's, uh, those are really cool. And then the podcast is every single Tuesday, just the Exodus podcast. So go check that out. We have a, a lot of, uh, the goal, the ethos of the company is to make quality products and help inform people to be better hunters. So if you could summarize it in, in that simple of a way, that's what we do. If it doesn't fall under that, then we don't do it. So, uh, we're just here to sharpen our blade and help everyone get a little bit better too.
0: I like it, man. Not a lot of people do better. So continue on doing that. So thanks again, everybody for tuning in this week. Best of luck to you. Enjoy this best time of year. I'm already getting all fired up and, and, uh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about those early mornings, like Jake said. So enjoy everybody. We'll see you next week. Antler up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Antler Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Go Wild and at antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. Until then, Antler Up.